0: I first learned about my guest today through one of her most popular books, E-Squared, nine do-it-yourself energy experiments that prove your thoughts, create your reality. And I loved the simplicity in which it was written and how it has practical experiments with research pages in the book, so I had no excuse not to do them. It played a wonderful role in building the muscles of trust, confidence, gratitude, and other muscles that support a grateful state of being. Pem grew is a number 1 New York Times best-selling author and author of 16 books, two screenplays, a live soap opera, a TV series and many articles including many travel columns. You can check out more about Pam and all she's doing on her website pamgroot.com. That's pamgrou t.com and check out her own bio. It's it's funny and helpful. Now to the conversation with Pam. Pam Groot, thank you for joining on today.
1: Hey, glad to be here.
0: Uh, I'd love to start with hearing a little bit about your background and what all led to your interest and passion and the rising of kind of confidence to write all these various books and your most popular E-squared and and so on.
1: Um, Well, I've always been a writer, in fact, I mean from the time I was in second grade, I was always a writer. That's what I like to do. I um was a reader. I read lots of books. I think in second grade they gave me a little award, you know, for reading two hundred and fifty six books. And so as soon as, you know, you start reading a lot, you start thinking, Well, I wonder if I could do that. And that's kind of how I, you know, got into being a writer. I, I'm very lucky. I've only been a writer that's all I ever wanted to do from the time I was a kid I you know went to school for journalism I went to college for journalism got a degree worked for a newspaper for a while and at the same time I was doing that I was always sending out query letters you know trying to write for other publications I wanted to write about the stuff you know that was burning in my heart so um has you know just started writing you know articles I write for lots of different magazines and then I write for um you know these 20 books that I have out but um Anyway, it's just kind of my—I guess my life's purpose and what I've always—I've always been doing.
0: What led you to seek more about the spiritual kind of truths, and to write like like E squared is really about nine energy experiments, and what kind of led to your awareness that you know our thoughts control reality and. Well, you know,
1: I've used those principles a lot in my own life. You know, to to launch my writing career, and I've always been interested in that. And the thing about being a writer is, whatever you're interested in, you you want to write about it. So you, I get, I would get an assignment. Like if there was a place I wanted to visit. You know, I'm also a travel writer. I would get an assignment to write about somewhere, say Turkey, and then I'd go to Turkey or whatever. So. And then I eventually, you know, was really interested in spiritual, metaphysical things. So I decided that I would write a book about this. Um, and I feel like the reason I wrote E Squared is it, it, it's a lot of principles that people are familiar with. You know, our thoughts mm-hmm. create our reality. You know, asking you to receive. I mean, that goes way back to the Bible days. But I think a lot of people know them in theory, and they don't actually put them into practice. So when I wrote E Squared, the whole idea was to There's a format, a formula. You can use 48-hour experiments. There's even lab report sheets. So I set it up like a science experiment. And it gave people a reason to do this and to really test it out and see it with their own two eyes. Because, you know, if you learn about something, that's one thing. But if you see proof, if you actually see it happening, working in your own life, then you get, wow, this stuff really works. And then you're more apt to stick with it. I guess that's the whole Mm. idea is that people would stick with these spiritual principles. Yeah.
0: No, and I love that myself, especially, I think I, when I first reached out to you, uh, there, there were a couple of the experiments that I, I really resonated with that really helped, especially during times where, you know, when you overthink things or as you put in the book, you know, it's like we're trying to cut the grass with toenail clippers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, one of the things I'm curious about is how you really help with, and it sounds like when I looked into your newest book about, uh, the um rewiring the brain uh or the mind really the pro- the process of that how do you develop the the confidence to experiment more with one's life because like you said um it's we have to practice it and the 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 experiments here are 48 hour challenges um and relatively they're 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 i don't want to say smaller but you know like it's getting a cup of coffee as opposed to, you know, a, a travel abroad.
1: Oh, right. Well, I think I, you know, in the course of 48 hours, it's good to start small, to start with little experiments. That way, you know, it kind of builds your muscle. And I think as once you start recognizing, wow, this does work, what I'm thinking about really is influencing the world out there, then um, it gives you confidence to go for those bigger things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I suggest it's just as easy to do, you know, to manifest you know a button as a castle <laughs>
0: yes, as yes. Esther Hitch used to yes. say
1: um or somebody said that I don't remember yeah, I think
0: it was a-
1: but the <laughs> fact is we have a lot of thoughts saying that it's hard to manifest a castle so as I always say the letter uh, the word hard is the most dangerous uh, four-letter word in the English language <laughs> because if you think something's hard and if that's your mindset that's the way you believe it then it's going to be hard for you so I think again that's one of the advantages of doing these experiments you start realizing how oh, this could happen And then it just becomes you're more open to that as a possibility. So, so basically, it's a way of just kind of dipping your toes in the water, and then hopefully you build on that, and you keep trying bigger and bigger things, and using it more and more in your life, and recognizing that every thought, you know, is creating an energy force, and it is going out into the world.
0: So then I'm curious. So it's like what you said, it's building the muscle. So then the bigger, so in the experimentation and starting off and continuously building the skill. You, you're able to get some things. Let's say somebody starts out quickly or starts out um, relatively small, just training, and they're able to get the free cup of coffee, you know, and, which I've done a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you, you slowly want to build to grander scale things, and that doesn't happen. And that usually can deter somebody from continuing. Um, myself included at some times, however, I, I have continuously pursued at it. So what kind of things do you, can you suggest or that are necessary or helpful during the, that process? Because there's then, if something doesn't uh, manifest, then there's some kind of uh, emotional barrier, emotional ceiling there that needs to be broken through.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're all contributing to the energy force. So it's not like, you know, we just say something and then boom, like that, it happens, although that often does happen. But there's a lot of forces that are at play here. But one of the things I wrote a book, um, you know, I wrote E Squared and then I wrote the follow book, EQ, that had 10 more experiments for people to try. And then after that, I wrote a book called bank and Grow Rich, which is a takeoff on Napoleon Napoleon Hill's thinking grow rich because a lot of it is getting on a particular um, resonant field. And when you're in a resonant field of gratitude, things happen a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You're not always looking at the problems, what's not happening. You're focusing on all the beauty. And at that point, really, things just open up for you, and it just becomes a whole lot easier. Or you're just more aware of it. Yeah. So, um So I think that's one of the most important things is to really, first of all, make it easy. Don't make it into a big deal. Same with it. I'm working so hard at doing this. You know, I'm following these seven steps. Well, that is the wrong attitude to approach it with. It's best, I'm just gonna play around with this. I'm just gonna experiment, have fun. Um, Literally like, you know, think of it like a playground and just play with the experiments. And again, I think the best way to get into that resident field is to practice gratitude. I mean, literally every day, you know, become really present at the moment. And a good way to do that is with gratitude and start thinking about what all you do have instead of thinking about what you don't have. And just be grateful for every single little thing. And, you know, you talked about the little cup of coffee. Well, you know, that's little if you decide it's little. Yeah, that yeah. going be a huge idea. So when you're more in gratitude, you're just appreciative of all the stuff, all the miracles that are happening all the time.
0: And a lot of it is what what we're focusing on what I focus on expands. So how do how do you, that's also kind of a skill to build in the, in E squared meditation, isn't emphasized as much, but w- when it comes to, uh, like your friend wanting, getting a, a, a free ski trip or something, and, and you kind of touched upon it like the aligning with a, a higher level of gratitude. How, how do you, what tools do you emphasize or kind of also get into writing about to really help get into there much easier because there are different uh things that go on and experiences that kind of make you feel a little bit less a little bit um heavier
1: well again I think people try to make it harder than it really is i mean the big thing is getting in the present moment you mentioned meditation i think that's a really great way of you know training your mind to be more in the present so i think meditations a real powerful practice i suggest that for everybody um well mindfulness you know anything like that and then gratitude i mean i i have a little practice i call it my aa 2.0 program and um it, i talk about a lot of in Thank and grow rich but um you know, there's the 12-step program, the AA 12-step program, and I'm all about smooth and easy. So the AA 2.0 program is there's two simple steps. You get up first thing in the morning, you go, something amazingly awesome is going to happen to me today. So you're like setting that intention of you know, something really great is going to happen. So, and that's why I call it AA. It may not be grammatically perfect, but it's, you know, it's like amazingly awesome. I've since switched it up to extraordinarily Epic, and I've got it, you know, throughout for the whole alphabet. But um, so you say that. And the second thing I do is I have what I call a possibility posse. And so I literally send them three blessings from the day before. And unlike some gratitude practices, you know, where you just kind of repeat the same old things you're grateful for, you have to find something new each day to be grateful for. That's our practice in my little possibility posse. So you're literally on the lookout all day for things to be grateful for, things to notice, things Mm -hmm. to be appreciative of. And when you start putting your attention there, then um, that's when everything you know, it's going to open up for you because your attention is on all the miracles, all the beauty, and you're seeing it everywhere because that's what you're looking for. You know, whatever we animate into our life, whatever we put our attention upon, right? So if we put our attention upon all the problems that are happening, we're going to get more of that. If we put our attention on things we're grateful for, even the little things like the little cups of coffee, the little whatever, then that is going to be animated into your life. It's literally like that old computer game, you know, those old computer games where you you click on something and that comes to life you know that is like that when what we put our attention on that comes to life for you so, you know we're connected to everything anyway in the big quantum field and so what built which um you know level are we going to stay in what level are we going to um hang out in you know we can hang out in the doom and gloom level we can hang out in the you know life is miraculous level there's all these different levels and you know we're connected to all of them but which one are we going to hang out in and so I think it's for me that it's more fun to hang out in the, isn't that amazing um,
0: level. I'm with you. Thank you for sharing. Does, do you think that, um, because it's similar to building, building a skill, um, a lot of like our, our thoughts like, um, or different habitual patterns are really deep rooted in some, some individuals. So it may take a little bit, uh, longer, like, um, and that's where meditation really helped. How does, how, how can you like, how can we encourage ourselves or what knowledge is necessary to continue through it? Especially for some that are, that have perhaps a really deep rooted um, habitual reactions to things or to certain thoughts.
1: Well, it's really is just like one day at a time or even one moment at a time, you know, to break those habitual patterns. You know, they've learned now with brain science that we can change our neural pathways. And as you said, a lot of these things are deeply rooted and they are, they are habits and we've we've been doing them for a long time, but we now know that it is possible to change those. Yeah. That's an important thing to recognize that it can be changed. You can train how your mind Things mm-hmm. and what I believe is that once you get rid of all the, you know, the negative patterns a lot of things that we've, you know, that our culture teaches us to do, and what's left is is the joy and is the peace, and that is our true reality, our true nature. But we're so accustomed yeah. to these other ways of being that we literally have have created these neural pathways that look out look, look out for the for the negative things, and so. You know, that's just a very strong dominant pattern in our culture. You know, we've all drunk the cultural Kool-Aid. But you know, once once you start um you know, opening your mind a little bit, you start seeing more of the miracles that there is a whole new way of being one of the things that's happened for me since I wrote Eastquared is people will send me their synchronicity stories, their miracle stories. So I get all these stories from people that are really fun. And they often start with, You are never gonna believe this. And of course I do believe it because that's what I you know, that's what I preach, so to speak. <laughs> so anyway, that's been a lot of fun. It's really cemented my belief in these principles because I literally hear these, these gorgeous stories all the time. I mean, ranging from, um, I don't know, just little things like grandma's ring that they'd lost two years ago shows up on the front a- stoop. You know, they've been looking and looking for this and there it is, you know, right there on the little, the little mat, you know, and it happened yeah. to have been gone for two years. So, you know, those kind of things to, you know, people manifesting millions of dollars. So wow. all kinds of things I hear from people, you know, anything is possible except for what we've set up in a paradigm that doesn't work. And that's really the problem. We're all all worried about what doesn't work. And we've learned about what, you know, how things are and how miserable everything is. And so that's all we're going to see. So we have to really let go of all those lessons that we've been taught and just open up to the magic.
0: It's a, it's definitely a process and what I appreciate and I think which, which uh, experiment was it with, um, I have kind of my notes next to me, but the experiment about, um, asking for inner guidance more. So kind of getting out of our analytical brain so much. And right,
1: we spend a lot of time analyzing things. I don't know if you've read any of the, you know, like the mind, like the Eckhart Tolle books or any mm-hmm. of those, you know, he talks a lot about being in the moment because you know, yes. that's all we ever are. We can't be anywhere else. Yeah. You know, we can, we can pretend to be somewhere else. We can think about being somewhere else. But when we're really in the moment, that's when, again, all the miracles and magic start showing up. Because that's where it happens. That's where it is.
0: And, you know, bring up a great point. I've, could you help clarify um, when we have like that combined with um, what you focus on expands? So say I have an a, um, intention. To that that I'm hoping to materialize, such as you know, working side le- le- working alongside a mentor with certain details, you know, getting very clear. And throughout the day, you want to continue that focus, and you know, oh man, I'm just so excited to you know because you want to focus on how amazing that's going to be, while also being completely in that present moment.
1: Right. Well. All we really have is this present moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. That's really what we have. Now we think we have all these other things, but that's, and in fact, one of the things I've often said is, I don't even do that much intention setting anymore because I so trust that what the universe has to offer me, you know its gifts and its truth are so much better than anything I could come up with. So the more I'm in the moment allowing that to happen, you know, the better my life is, you know, because a lot of times intentions I might think that I want may not be exactly what's for my best or what I really want. So I guess my highest intentions are to, you know, find, find the joy, find the peace, find the light, you know, there's light in everything and I want to find the light in everything and then let the universe dish up for me, you know, what it, what it thinks is for my good, what it thinks is um, the best thing.
0: So in a sense, kind of just a, a greater sense of surin- surrender.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, I really like that a lot. One of the things I found interesting, I was listening to a couple podcast interviews you were on uh, yesterday and uh, re-listening to your TED Talk. is about writing. And I find um, I journal every day. I write every day. It's the f- getting to sharing it i i, I really appreciate it. you mentioned i don't know if it was on a podcast interview or the um, ted talk but actually it was a study about uh, pottery and uh, oh yeah that's uh, in
1: my book art and soul have you read that book i have not okay oh, pam, I pam, there's,
0: pam there's a bunch of books of yours that i have yeah <laughs>
1: but, I just, but i think i, really I talked about that pottery books. one in in the book art and soul mm-hmm. so I, I don't know where you might have seen that maybe i talked about that somewhere in a talk or something uh-huh. or are you or are you talking about the mirror so i did talk about that, that one. i think
0: that one was on the i remember now that one was That's on in the, the ted, TED talk. talk yeah but the you were on an interview with inspire nation i think it was called back in 2017 or 18 and you mentioned how Actually, the more quantity we put out, the better quality is. There was a study that the and I'm sure yeah. you more detail and in the book, but could you touch a little bit upon that? Because I think that really helps helps me because I'm in a process of writing a book. I love writing. I journal every day. So I have that habit. But there's something that's like I'm not sharing it every day. Oh at least all Yeah,
1: okay. I know the story you're talking about, and I maybe did tell that to Michael Sandler on Inspire Nation. I, I don't remember that, but I very likely might've. But um, there was a pottery teacher, and you know, it was like a college pottery class, and so he would divide his students into two groups. And one group, he gave an assignment for the semester, you are gonna spend your entire time working on this one perfect piece of pottery. I mean, just spend all your time, you've got the whole semester, make it perfect. That was their assignment. The other group, the other half, he says, I just want you to create something new every day. Just keep creating as many things as you can. There's no expectation, you know, but it would be like, yeah, I'm giving you permission. Just create as many things. You're going to try do as many as you possibly can. Well, in the end, what he found out is those that were encouraged to just keep going, do as many as they can. Their Quality was actually even better than those that had been focusing on the quality because they were just doing it again and again and again. So it is that practice of being there. Like for me with writing, it's being there for the muses because I like to believe that there's something bigger coming through me when I'm writing. Yeah. You know, I'm actually surrendering to this voice, the story that wants to be told by universe to the people out there so I'm just every so if I show up every day every day every day every day then the muses go oh she's serious about this she really can be trusted I will give her the good stuff I'll give her a great story to share with the world because they've got all kinds of stories projects things they want to give to the world and so they're going to have to have a no choice but to go with the person that's going to show up day after day so yeah I think that's a really brilliant story and I do write about that in Heart and Soul, and I guess that's probably where I, I talked about it with Michael Sandler on Inspire Nation, if that's where you heard it.
0: So do you? would it apply to publishing, like on blogs as well? Is that how you started with uh, your blogging?
1: Oh, no. I, I had been a writer for a long time. I was a journalism major, so I used to write for a newspaper. Um, I've And I've written lots of articles for magazines, a lot of things I didn't start blogging until Each Square came out. First, yeah. That was my 16th book and Hay house sent me a book called platform and they said Mm -hmm. here's how to create a you know a a tribe or a a list you know they always talk about creating a list or whatever so they they sent me this book called um platform by michael hyatt i mean they FedExed to me they made it seem really important so i read it and it's talked about blogging daily and i thought blogging daily. I write for a living. Why am I going to blog daily? But I went ahead and I thought, well, if I think this is really important, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I started blogging and it turns out I really liked it. So I started blogging long after I was already a, you know, a writer, but it's the same principle. You know, the more you write, the easier it becomes, you know, at first you're going to write stuff you don't like, and then you just stick with it. and Eventually it just gets easier and it
0: gets better. Would you still post those? What's that? would you still post those like if you're you're posting a blog daily like but you don't necessarily have an editor or somebody to to review it Do you kind of treat it maybe like a social media post and you you're posting daily oh
1: when i was blogging daily i'm not really blogging daily right now but that's what i did you know with e squared um yeah, I mean I just did it. I just feel like, hey, here's an offering. It's free to the world. Whoever wants to read it can read it. So yeah, I guess uh, I did do it without an editor. I tend to be I'm sometimes I yeah, I, I do it too fast and maybe there might be a little mistake. But I'm I'm pretty good at editing myself. But again, you can't be thinking about that. You're just thinking about writing, writing, writing. I mean, if, if you need an editor, you definitely should have an editor. Um, but I'm pretty good. I you know, with my blog posts, I don't really have an editor. I just write them myself. But I do. Occasionally, have people will uh, say, "Hey, we noticed you spelled this word wrong, or whatever." So, I mean, it does happen. Uh, but I'm not doing it to be perfect, that's, as that's I said so in my TED talk. Of, um, perfection yeah. is the enemy of the people. My philosophy is dare to be mediocre, and not that I want to be made mediocre, but I you have to give up that perfectionism because if you want to be perfect, you know you you'll get stuck. You won't do anything. You have to be willing to make mistakes. You have to be willing to dive in. You have to be willing to do things imperfectly. That's that's the only way possible to get through it.
0: Nice. I think that really helps me a lot with sharing more of uh, my own writing and Black podcasts like these. When it comes to um, creating kind of intention and getting clear on it, as you have in the, which the experiment was, um, was it not the Albi Einstein, but the Dear Abby, the one where you, you get specific on something that you want, how, how, um, how detailed do you, do you like to get where it's a nice balance of intention where you're clear on the intention and, uh, surrender where you can let go?
1: You know, like I said, I don't do as much of intending anymore, no, that's true. but um, I sort of like the philosophy. I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Dooley, but he has a philosophy where he does it for five minutes in the morning. I thought, you know, that's probably just the right amount of time, you know, to really get into the feeling space for five minutes and really, he's a friend of mine. He kind of helped me when I first started doing speaking, and I do think, I love that, that philosophy of the five right. minutes a day, you know, that's that's probably all you need, because if you go longer than that, then you start going, well, how am I going to do it? I would say, you know, how's not up to me, you know, you just, what is up to you? And then the how is left to the universe, let the universe, you know, haggle with the details.
0: What's, what's the five minute um, teaching that you Just
1: for five minutes, you focus on you, you kind of see a picture of yourself doing that thing that you want, like, like, whatever your intention might be, say you want to Like, at one point, I talked about this in each word, you know, I wanted to, but Australia because this guy I (laughs) had a crush on, you know, was going to Australia, so I decided I wanted to go there. So, you know, I just see myself in the the Sydney surf, you know, just see myself running into the ocean or whatever. And then within a couple of days, my editor at Modern Bride called and said, hey, we need an article on Australia. Would you be willing to go there? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So anyway, that's, you know, but, but so it's just for five minutes, you spend your time, you know, seeing yourself in whatever situation you want to be in. And you really try to feel it. Like if you have a favorite coffee cup, we keep going back to this coffee thing. See your co- hold that coffee your, cup your, in your, your vision. Like so it me. kind of plants you to where you are. But so, like I said, I don't do that much intending and visualizing anymore. Hmm. Um, again, I have so much faith in what the universe brings me that I just sort of let that be. But, um, but that is, you know, that is that five minute thing that Mike Dooley talks about. I think that's, that's as good as any. <laughs> I can give you that okay. one.
0: Um in one of the whoppers like at the the myths at the beginning uh-huh. of the book, it mentioned you can't ask for too much, but if you're asked, if you're intending too much like if or that I just contradicted what I said, but if you're intending n- several times, is that a, a a sign of lack of trust perhaps?
1: Well, you really only need to do it if you do it fully with great intention um and with great love and great passion that should be enough you know and maybe to keep asking is like do suit you just act like it's already here just act as if it's already here just pretend that it's already happened i mean you're you're creating the space for it to already be here yeah you're not looking for it anymore you know it's here and you're acting as if it's here you're acting like the you know traveler you want to be or the millionaire you want to be or the whatever yeah. it is you want to be you know you're acting just like that you're being that
0: awesome did um when it came to things that you perhaps really wanted something that you really really desire like when it's something that you have a you know it's like you have the the pleasant kind of indifference it's a lot easier for it to 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 come cuz it's easier to kind of be uh, in alignment with it but when it comes to something that you you really really want um how it's, I mean, I'm sure it's similar, similar process or similar alignment to, to, to expand into, but do you have any tips or suggestions that really help with that? I don't. Because we can, because we can get really attached or you can get really attached to, you know, wanting one thing or another type of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, the less you get attached, the yeah. better. I mean, the more you can let go of it. And just, again, make it fun. Have fun with it. Play around with it. Be like a little kid. You know, little kids don't sit there. and Oh, my, my little Lego tower doesn't look right. It's not the way I want it to be. <laughs> so, you know, you just have fun and play yeah. around with it. And start, start noticing every, every little thing that kind of looks like your intention. You start really paying attention to everything that's sort of in the right vicinity of, of you know, where you want to be, what you're, what you're going for.
0: Awesome. I love it. We kind of touched, touched upon it earlier that when things kind of get challenging, you really have to connect more with like, what are you grateful for? What's been into it and how, how you'll be in that as if it's already here or as if you're already that person.
1: Right, right.
0: Could you touch a little bit upon your, your new book and what it's, what it's about? It sounded very interesting when I came across it.
1: Yeah, um, I've been a student of A Course in Miracles. It's a um, 365 lesson. It has three sections, but one of the main sections is the workbook, and it's 365 lessons, and I go through this every year. I start on January 1st with Lesson 1, and I go through it. And um, it's kind of a complex book. It's pretty. It's really thick. It's uh, a lot of people call it the doorstop. You know, you ask it in spirit together, who has the Course in Miracles, and you know, everybody raised their hand. Literally, like you know, 100% of the people, 99% at least, will have owned the book. But then you go forth and you say, well, how many have actually read it? And all hands go down. There's like literally two or three people that have read it. I mean, it's it's hard. It's it's dense. And so in January of 2018, I started blogging about my own journey in Course in Miracles. Like I said, I do this every year, year after year after year. everybody's like oh my gosh you make it i can understand it now this you know this makes sense you need to turn this into a book and so you know talking about guidance i mean after like a hundred people tell you or you get all these emails and people make comments you need to turn into a book i thought okay i guess i'll turn into a book so i sent it off to my editor at House, and sure enough they decided to turn into a book so what it is it's my translation i mean another name for it, like the back part of it says Courts and Miracles, the fun version, because again, I'm all about you know making them fun. If it's not yeah. fun, it's not sustainable. So, it originally was called Courts and Miracles for Badasses because again, I like the fun, the idea, yeah. but they didn't want to call it that. They called it the Courts and Miracles experiment because you know my experiment books were so popular, but it's not really an experiment, more it's more about. Doing the things that it says to do each day, you know, and it's like really changing your thinking rewiring your mind and therefore the world. That's the subtitle a starter kit for rewiring your mind and therefore the world because once you rewire your mind, your world starts changing. And that's what courts and miracles is all about. It's like getting rid of all that stuff, all the untruths, all the illusions that everybody lives in and getting to the truth, where spirit, God, whatever you want to call it can get through so Course in Miracles is my translation of this really heavy duty book <laughs> that's been around since I think the 70s. It's about a 40, 50 year old book. It's been around for a while. A lot of teachers have written books about it. I don't know if you're familiar with Marianne Williamson. She's mm-hmm. written a lot of books. She's a teacher of A Course in Miracles. So um, anyway, I've been following it for a long time. Didn't think of myself as a teacher of A Course in Miracles. But then again, so many people ask me, they liked how I was talking yeah. about it. So that's why I ended up, you know, doing this book. So I cover all 365 lessons in the workbook wow. in the book. And it tells, you know, I do it like I always do funnel quote and I write in kind of fun language to make it more understandable. And then, um, and then I ask people, you know, to go through it. So that's basically what the new book is. It came out in January of January of 2020. So yeah, it's my latest uh, offering to the world out there.
0: Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate all the different experiments, all the different examples in the experiments, and like your own with traveling and riding riding abroad it's something I definitely desire and intend to do uh, you know but I, I i think more vertically than horizontally because because I, yeah. I just love that idea, like you shared it's like traveling is so much fun and to really you know I also am a big uh, lover of languages and to really just immerse oneself in the different cultures, you know, compete in the different sporting competitions, learning the languages or the culinary arts, and then also practicing, you know, and also working there, like whether it's writing or whatever, there's so many different possibilities. And when I read that, you know, it it was very reassuring or reinforcing. And, you know, like that and all the different other experiments it's it's like i mentioned earlier it's very what's right it's like it's very touching and meaningful because sometimes the process of the rewiring can take some time and so it's really learning to fall in love in with that or of that process because uh like myself it's there were there are some perhaps some uh emotions or habits that you know, are easily rewired. But the, the, the more you rewire, the, the closer to the surface ones, the deeper ones start to, to rise. And so it does get a little bit more challenging. And that's why I asked um, earlier about, you know, some people it can, you can have spontaneous remissions, you know, with different changes, but other people it may take some, some time. And whether it's your book and, and starting, you know, with the 48 hour experiments or going to, I'm a big fan of Joe Dispenza and practicing uh, with the different um, intentions or tuning into new potentials, you know, all of it really helps. And um, another big thing that really helped me was a meditation retreat because um, I, I had like a nail biting habit growing up as a kid. And so to be able to, you know, observe what the, and, and stop the, the thought that led to the response to bite the nails and to be able to step back and, and slowly rewire that, you know, it's, it's a whole new world.
1: Oh, well, that's great. Well, congratulations. So through meditation, you were able to give up that habit?
0: So, well, slowly over, over time, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like opening Pandora's box
1: Uh (laughs) uh-huh
0: so once you first start out it's like oh my goodness uh but it's like a roller coaster then everything starts rising Uh so like over the time like I started with it's been close to it'll be two years this September since I started really diving into like Joe Dispenza and all his meditations and all of that um that was a big um big force or big proponent that really started it a huge help was uh, I went to this 10 day meditation retreat and that was really just observing and kind of observing things as as they are and not reacting to them and that really helped with um you know breaking a habit or releasing a habit and you know practicing the different experiences experiments you have so I I, I'm I definitely am a big a uh, fan of meditation and combining it with these. That's why also a lot of the questions I had uh, were about like quote unquote larger scale. I know we also touched about it. That's really a subjective um, decision, larger or smaller scale, but the more detailed things. So yeah. Now, went I, you, uh, can we say meditation, something.
1: a Vipassana meditation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have heard about that. i Really intrigued by Vipassana meditation most recently. Who was your teacher? What, where was your retreat?
0: It was this um, 10 day silent meditation retreat in Kaufman, Texas. And a friend told me about it. And, you know, I really like it because it's non sectarian. There's no, no religious right. affiliation in it. And I come from a Jewish background. So there's a lot of that kind of, uh, whether it's guilt or fear of praying idols.
1: Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, but I found it very, I found it very helpful, very soothing, because like I mentioned a couple of times now, you know, you, 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 once you rewire one thing, they called it Sankara, which is like a deep rooted emotional habit. Once you release kind of one, it just rises more things to the surface, which if we want to get to current events, seems to be what's happening in our world now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of opportunities, for for sure. Well, I recently read Yuval Harari's work, a couple of his books, you know, Sapiens and then the 21, whatever, for the 21st century. Yeah, And he talked so much about meditation and the Vipassana Mm -hmm. particularly. So that's kind of what got me really intrigued with it. Yeah, And, you know, I love that what he said. It's like, how was I going to do anything if I couldn't even have control of my mind? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And he, he was shocked. And he really has a tribute to the Vipassana meditation for mm-hmm. um, th- this great success he's had with all of his different books. And it's enabled him to write that and to have the concentration to do the kind of research yeah. and everything that he's done. So anyway, I've always been a big meditator, but after reading his books, it's like, okay, I'm going to check I'm into really the Vipassana. You. So when you said 10 day or night, whatever you said, like that's uh, got to be the same thing. So I think that's the standard.
0: It's intense. And I found it very... You know, there's, there's so many different teachers and information so readily available. You know, this meditation or that meditation, it's like it could also get very overwhelming for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. So I
0: found it very, you know, like I mentioned, I, I really love Joe Dispenza's meditations or uh, what Mind Valley has at different meditations. So I found this one, you know, it's also a mindset switch in that they're not different. They all complement each other. Mm-hmm. So when I learned really this approach, this meditations technique, it really also, it really uh the other things. Cause it's one of the biggest parts of it is awareness and then equanimity of mind. So when I had, per se, I, I mean, I, I can use my own experience the best cause I experienced it, but with biting my nails or something, there would be you know you'd have a certain thought and then there would be a sensation on the body and normally you would react to that sensation or habitually we would react to that uh, sensation like oh my god i have you know my hands are getting purple i got to go see the doctor
1: <laughs> yeah
0: really but it's really just the sensations rising rising to the surface and that combined and you don't want to judge that. so that's where the equanimity comes in cuz you're just observing it You know, it's pleasant or it's unpleasant. It's not good or bad. So, you know, that's a a whole other.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, good for you that you did that. Because I'm thinking about doing one myself. So anyway, thanks for the uh, the preview.
0: (laughs) Of course. Well, Pam, it's been a real pleasure. And like I mentioned, um, it's during the whole process, being able to speak with yourself it's one in itself, it's a wonderful synchronicity. It's wonderful uh, pleasure to learn um, from those that are helping me and hopefully others on the different, on the, on the journeys and through that rewiring process as yeah. we touched, touched on. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, to diving into all the different other books you've written. Um, but thank you so much. It, it really means a lot.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Solomon, and good luck with everything.
0: Yeah. Here are a few practical applications. Number one, read E squared and try out the experiments for yourself. That's the best way to see proof for yourself. P.S. I think the book is actually even available for free as a PDF on Google. Number two, one of the experiments is asking for guidance on a certain problem or question you have that demands a yes or no answer. For example, Should I take this job? Or should I go to dinner with this friend? Or whatever. Write down, along with the time, the question, and let it go for 48 hours to see what answer, again, yes or no, arises. Number three, consider adopting some of the beliefs or affirmations Pam shared in this episode. Some of my favorites included setting the intention first thing in the morning that something amazingly awesome is going to happen to me today. It immediately puts you into the mood of anticipation of of going on through the day trusting that something amazing is going to happen. And another thing that Pam said that I absolutely loved was how in the in the podcast she shared that she doesn't really set many intentions anymore because she, quote, I so trust that what the universe has to offer me, its gifts and its truths are so much better than anything I could come up with. The more I'm just in the moment allowing that to happen, the better my life is. I hope these practical applications help you on your journey and in your life. And uh, be sure to share with me if you come up with some more. Take care. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out solomonezra.wixsite.com solomonezra. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.